0: Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Hey, um, hey, can we welcome everybody joining us online right now? Come on, we're so glad you guys are with us. No matter where you are watching from, you're part of this church family. And I do realize that if you're a guest here, how intimidating it can be to come into a room perhaps that you don't know anyone and just trying to to feel your way around. But I do believe that you are not here by accident, that God has you here on a purpose, and he has something that he wants to speak directly to your heart today. And so, hey, you're not only welcome here, you are wanted here. We're a bunch of imperfect people doing the best we can to follow a holy and perfect God and so you know that's what we're going to do and that's what we do every weekend as we gather and open up God's word and we are in this series called vows talking about relationships how many of you know um, the greatest decision in your life next to the decision to follow Jesus is who you're going to spend your life with is that not true because the quality of your, your life has a direct connection to the condition of your relationships. It's so true, like when, when relationships are good, come on, how do you know things are good? When mama's happy, everybody's happy, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. <laughs> right? Like when things are good, when, when you know you're connected, you're headed the same direction, everybody there's joy in the house, there's peace in the house, there's you know comfort, it's, it's just good. But when things are bad, uh uh-uh, not so good, right? And we learned last week healthy people have healthy relationships. And the reason why you are healthy is because you are rooted in and grounded in and built up in, in Christ. And so I'm not kidding when I say the, the condition of your life is directly tied to your relationships. And so I want to speak from this title today. If you are a note taker, write this down. Uh, if you're not a note taker, go ahead and start today. Uh, I know God does not have favorites, but I do. And those are the note takers. <laughs> and so here's the, the message title. is called Going the Distance from that great theologian, Cake. Nobody? You know what I'm saying? That's that, that, he's going the distance. He's going for speed. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Going the distance. And what I'm really talking about is building a foundation of faithfulness. Faithfulness. Because we all want faithfulness in our relationships. How many of you know that's important in a marriage relationship? Remaining faithful. Faithful. It's important in any romantic relationship. And by the way, in this series called Vows, we're talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about, you know, to those who have been married, you know, uh, before or married again, or you're single and ready to mingle, you're on the prowl, whatever it is. We're specifically talking about uh, romantic relationships and faithfulness is huge. It's huge. Without faithfulness, the whole thing starts to unravel and fall apart. But it's not just huge in romantic relationships, but it's huge in parenting relationships. It's huge to build um, faithfulness between siblings and and other uh, friendships in our life. The problem is though, we all got some trust issues. How many of you would be honest today and say, I got trust issues? And you have trust issues because you've been burned. That's the reason. You have trust issues because you have, have gone through some things in your life. Somebody has promised you something and has broken that promise. Last week, we talked specifically about promises, and the word promise means pro-materme. It means you're going to send uh, this promise forward into the future for the time that you're going to need it. If you, do, if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. But the reason we have trust issues is because we've been bitten by things. We've been, we've been uh, had trust broken in our, our life. In fact, I got trust issues with cats. Look at this cat right here. Like, I know. I know it looks cute. But you know what that same cat in a year from now, you know what that cat looks like? It looks like this guy right here. That is no joke. Cats are nasty. They are of the devil. I'm kidding. Everybody always gets mad when I talk about cats. Listen, I'm really learning to enjoy cats. I'm being honest. I, I enjoy cats now. My only problem is I can't finish a whole one by myself yet. And so <laughs> I've told you that before, but it's still funny. It's still funny. I have trust issues with otters. As some of you know I used to work at SeaWorld, train some animals, you know, at SeaWorld, and they look cute but I've had to have otters surgically removed from my body because they'll just bite you and they will latch on and hold on. And that's the same with relationships. We have trust issues because we have been bitten by others. That's why trust has broken down. And when you trust somebody and that somebody doesn't keep their word, and maybe it was in a marriage relationship. Maybe it was in a parenting relationship. Someone violated the vows, you know, that they made to you, whatever it was. When trust is broken, how many of you know, it's difficult to move forward. Because now you, you see world and see relationships through that lens of broken trust. When somebody's bitten you, now, you're, now you won't move forward. Now you're hesitant about relationships. Now you're scared to, to progress at all. Maybe it was a friend, you know, who... Who, who bits you, they, they said something about you on social media, and it's, it's burned you, whatever the case is, when you are hurt and trust has been broken or some, somehow in the relationship, the question is, how do we repair it? Last week, we, t- we talked about promises, but what do you do when a promise has been broken? How do you rebuild? How do you heal from a broken promise? How do you get through that? Some of you have been through that. Some of you are in a marriage relationship and you are stronger because of that season that you've gone through of of healing and and recovery. But let's be honest, some of you, you haven't recovered. Maybe God has made you whole. God has allowed you to forgive that person in your life and you've moved on. However, there's still hurt there. There is still pain there. So how do we recover? How do we move forward? Because you can. This is what I want you to know right now. You don't have to settle for where things are. Did you know that? In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm not settling. Let him know. Say, I'm not gonna settle. I'm not gonna settle. When God says, I can have have better in this. When God says, any relationship, wherever you are right now, you should know with intentionality, you can grow. You can move forward and it can become all that God wants it to become. You can start again. In fact, here's an equation for building trust in a relationship. Write this down. It's faithfulness plus time equals trust. That will allow you to go the distance. Faithfulness plus time. Faithfulness over time is what builds builds trust. Trust has a compound interest effect in your life. Like when somebody builds trust, it compounds on other trusts and there's just more and more trust given in the relationship. But how many of you know, it also has a compounding effect deleting kind of effect in your life. When somebody breaks trust, it's difficult to once again rebuild the trust that was broken. But no matter what's happened in your life, we all have trust issues and we can all move forward. And faithfulness, I believe, is the key to uh, helping you build the relationship that you want or perhaps rebuild a relationship that you have have lost. And by the way, maybe not like it was before, because I know some people would say, well, I just want to go back to the way the, thing, way the things were. I, wanna, I want him to be the person that he was before. I want her to be the, the person that she was before. Can I tell you something? I believe it can be better. I honestly do. I believe that when things are broken and healed, they are stronger, and the same is true in relationships. And to kind of uh, uh, illustrate this, I have a, a little Jenga set, a little DIY Jenga set. I want you guys to come on and bring that out for me. Now, they did a great job last service, and they didn't knock it over. Look at that, Mike's got that shuffle. And Xavier, hey, thank you guys. Let's give it up for these boys. Hey, that big tall kid, Xavier, he's one of our students and just a phenomenal young man. Honestly, a kid that just pouring into this church on our production team. And I just think it's great that he's a part of this. But how many of you have played Jenga before? So you know what this is. This is a game where you take blocks and you stack them uh, at a 90 degree angle on top of each other and then you remove them. And that's the whole goal. You take turns kind of removing blocks and you want to do it in such a way that, you know, you're not the one who removes like the final block and the whole thing falls over because that's how you lose in Jenga. That's how you lose in life as well. And I think building trust in our relationships is a lot like like Jenga. Because what happens is uh, you build this thing by, you know, like saying, I'm going to be there for you. And then you follow through with that. It's a, it's a promise that you made, and it begins to build, build trust in the, the relationship. Or you say, you know what, somebody gives you, share something with you in secret, and you keep that confidence. And what that does is it builds trust in the relationship does that make sense like like trust is built by being faithful one little thing over and over at a time and this thing is sturdy this thing is solid in fact i would say this to the to the degree that you build trust and faithfulness in a relationship is the to the degree that you can go to the degree that that marriage can thrive, that you can go higher and higher and further and faster. Like, that's, that's what building faithfulness does in a relationship. But when you start to remove things, because that's the whole point of, of Jenga, is you start to remove pieces from it, what you're doing is you're removing some of that, that trust that has been built. And you start to uh, affect the integrity of the structure, the integrity of the, the relationship. So say maybe, you know, you said you were gonna be someplace and you didn't. Ooh, this one's gonna be sketchy. No, I better not do it. <laughs> I not do that one. This one looks good. And you weren't gonna be there when you said you would. And we've all done this, by the way. I mean, we've all had those moments where like we said something and then we we didn't show up when we said we were gonna show up or, or somebody was counting on us or gonna rely on us for something and we weren't there. And and so what we're doing is we're punching holes in the integrity of the relationship. We're punching holes in the faithfulness, in the, the trust that we have been built. Does that make sense? And, and when you do that a couple of times, it's, it's okay. This thing's not gonna fall over, right? It's okay because we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. Like nobody's batting a thousand when it comes to keeping their word. We've all said we're going to be someplace and we couldn't make it and something happened and and I couldn't get there on time or or whatever it was. Like we've all done that. However, the goal is you better be building more trust than you're taking away. Does that make sense? Otherwise, you're impacting the whole integrity of the the relationships. Let's talk about how we do this, how we do this from from God's Word, how we build that kind of of relationship that's strong, that can go the distance. In Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bible, this is Jesus teaching what's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's probably his most famous message that he taught. He kept on uh, flipping kind of the system on its head, because he would say things like, now you've heard it said, you know, the command that says blank, and then he'd say, but I say, in other words, he's saying, you've heard that you can do these things, but I say, you know, you should do something completely different, and it was very counter to the culture. For, for example, verse 27, he says this, you've heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery, adultery. He's, then he would state that, that commandment, adultery, you must not commit adultery, and adultery would be defined as having a, an inappropriate sexual relationship with someone who was married to someone else. And he said, you, You've heard that commandment, but I say, anyone, check it out, who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. Even if you just look, it's like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like if I just look, just by looking, can I tell you this was this blew people's minds because they're like, well, how does that even work? How does, that, how does that work, it, it, even if I just look? Because in our culture today, like, can you imagine? Like, lust is everywhere, is it not? It's on commercials, on billboards, everywhere you look, every song, almost that you hear on the, the radio. Like, it's all over the place. We live in a world where lust is just in the air. And I think Jesus, what he's saying is, I need to get to a deeper issue. The deeper issue is is not just adultery or unfaithfulness. The deeper issue is an issue of of the heart. In fact, he always challenges us to go higher. He always challenges us to to not just just stop, you know, get as close to the line as we, we can. He's trying to get to the deeper issue. Because how many of you know, long before someone ends up in someone else's bed, they end up in someone else's heart. That's how it works, really. It doesn't happen, you know, overnight. I told you last week, the enemy doesn't flood your house in a single moment. He does it drip by, by drip. And so Jesus says, yeah, it's not just don't commit adultery. Let's go to the deeper issue, which is lust, all the way back to the issue of, of lust. Because here's what happens. Sometimes we'll put a hard line on, on adultery. All right, well, I'm not going to do that. So I'm not going to mess with, with that one, but I'm going to do everything else. I might, I might DM them a little bit, talk to them a little bit here or there, but I'm not going to do that. And Jesus is like, no, the goal is not to get as close to the line as possible. The goal is to stay as far back from the line as you can. It's to guard your heart. It's to guard your, your eyes. Now, will you have thoughts of lust that flash through your mind? Yes, you will. Like, of course, that's going to, to happen. You know, but here's what I would say. It's when that thought, you know, turns from being just a commercial that flashes through your mind to now it's like a movie that you're watching. Are you with me? Like, it's not one look, it's like three, four looks. All right, guys? That's when it, when it changes. And he says, you need to stay away from that line as far as you, you can. So here's number one thing I want you to write down. If we're gonna go to the distance, we have to avoid the traps. Avoid the traps. Um, there are all these memes online with Admiral Akbar. You know who that is? That's that, that, that fish-looking guy in Star Wars, half fish, half ugly, if you know who I'm talking about. And he's kind of famous for saying, you know, it's a trap. He's the guy that's saying, it's a trap. And so all these memes are on there saying, you know, don't do these things, you know, it's a trap, and then he's on there. Well, he has this whole string of memes, you know, about relationships. Uh, for example, this is what he says. He says, when she says, guys, I don't need anything for Valentine's Day. Can I tell you something?
1: It's a trap,
0: right? She's a lie. That's what it is. It's not, it, don't buy it. You know, I talked to a guy last, last Valentine's Day, not that long ago. He said, well, she said she didn't want anything, that we weren't going to do anything. Oh, buddy, like you're, you're in trouble, you know, if that's what you believe. Or how about this? When he says, ladies, mind if we just stop by the dealership? that's a trap. Stop by, you know, Sportsman's Warehouse. Stop by, like, don't buy it. I'm just looking, you know, I'm not going to buy anything. Or when she says uh, this, guys, do whatever you want. <laughs> it's a trap. In fact, I would say if that is preceded with this kind of tone of voice, if she says, I don't care, do whatever you want, then you better find out what you did wrong you better fix it because it's a trap. Here's my, here's my last one. Here's my, my favorite one. When he says, ladies, want a back rub? <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> How many of you know back rubs lead to front rubs? I'm just saying. <laughs> like, it's a trap. And so Jesus is telling us this when it comes to adultery. He's saying, hey, it's not about committing adultery. It's about lust. He's like, don't get up as close to the edge as you can. Guard your heart. Guard your, your eyes. Guard your life. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. Because it determines the course of your life. Is that not such a huge statement? What you allow in your heart, in your life, it determines the direction that you, you go. Like in any situation when we find ourselves vulnerable and tired, we better be guarding Our our life because I think one of the reasons Jesus mentions adultery is because it is foundational to building this. Foundational. You know how a lot of things are are, kind of up here? I think adultery is way down here because so much is resting on the the, the relationship. So much is resting on the integrity of what you are are building that it's kind of like when you remove something from the bottom, Like that's when the structural integrity starts to break down. That's when things start to to crash and fall over. And I think that's why he specifically talks about, about sexual unfaithfulness because when that happens in a relationship, you are playing with the foundation. You're playing with the foundation. And the way you lose in Jenga is when that thing falls over. And the way you lose in life and in a relationship is when that thing falls over, comes crashing down. And some of you have experienced that. And some of you have been able to, to rebuild even after that. But you know how hard that can be. And that's why Jesus says, guard your heart. Protect your eyes. Protect your, protect your time. Protect your schedule. Guard your, your life. Because adultery didn't start one night. It started a long time before. A long time before. Before, in fact, you know, somebody would say, you know, Kobe, it was just one night stand, it was just one night stand. Can I tell you there is no such thing? Because that one night started a long time before in your heart when you were willing to open up that door. It wasn't just one night. It started way back when you decided, you know, it was okay to, to go to the club. It was okay to reach out on, on social media. It was okay to have that conversation. It started way before that one, one night ever began. Look at 1 Peter 5, 8. Stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. So you need to know this. You have a great enemy of your soul who he'll, he'll leave a lot of this stuff alone, but he'll come poking around your life and your relationship and your marriage way down here. And he's looking for when you're tired, when you're vulnerable when you're you know, kind of in a in place where you might make a, a bad decision and he's just looking for something that's loose to be, able to, to be able to poke around on and eventually cause that thing to fall. And if he can locate a weak spot in the basement and he can start to have cracks in the foundation of your relationship, I'm just telling you, we have to avoid the traps, avoid the traps. And we do it by building great relationships that are built on a foundation of faithful avoid the traps and I would say this before I move on to the next one I think it's wise for every single one of us to be be aware that no one is above this no one is is above the enemy tempting you no one is above you know getting into one of these these relationships it is stupidity to believe that you are immune to the the tactics of the enemy like, you can't do it. You need to guard your life. Even you, Colby, absolutely, 100%. I have to guard when I'm tired, when I'm vulnerable. Like, you better guard your heart. Everything flows from that. And for some of you, maybe you better guard your social media better than you are. Because I've heard way too many stories of it starting there. That's where the enemy comes poking around. Guard your DMs. Guard your, you know, social media accounts. Um, Here's the second one. So guard your heart, avoid the, the ambush, guard, guard your time, uh, guard your eyes, all that kind of stuff. If we're gonna go the distance, here's one more. But keep reading in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 33. It says this You've also heard our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. Somebody say vows. It's the name of the series. That's what we're talking about vows. And the reason why he says he's talking about this is because vows got very distorted in this time period. In fact, he, he was saying, you know, people would make all these kinds of vows, these promises, they would take oaths on on the temple, which was a kind of binding vow at the time, but not as binding as others. And then some people say, well, I vow on the holy city of Jerusalem. You, you, you can read ahead, this is what he's saying. Or I vow on this or that, or I make a vow on my life. And they all became diluted because they weren't intending to follow through. And so there was this issue. They were abusing this whole system. And so Jesus said, hey, you've heard, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows that you made to the Lord. But I say, don't make any vows. Hold up, PC, this series is called Vows. Well, what he's not, he's not saying that we're not to make vows. Make your marriage vows, these, these commitments that we've made. He's not saying vows are bad. Again, he's talking about the abuse that was happening in this period of time. And skip down to verse 37. Don't make any vows, just a simple check it out. Yes, I will, or no, I won't. Yes, or no. Anything beyond that is from the evil one. In other words, let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. So in a relationship, when you say you're going to be someplace and you are there, you're just, you're rebuilding some of that, that trust back into the relationship. When, when you made a promise or you said you're going to keep your word and, and, you know, somebody could tell you something in confidence and, and you keep that, what you're doing is you're building trust back into the, the relationship. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be yes. Be no, keeping big promises in relationships is huge. But can I tell you something? Here's number two, write it down. It's also about keeping the small ones, the small ones, the little ones over and over because it's faithfulness over time that builds trust. It's over time, it's keeping the little promises. It's staying faithful in the little things. I have a couple of friends that were pastors at a church and, and what happened was they started keeping uh, small secrets from each other. In fact, it'd it almost be like, you know, kind of, uh, you can't see this backside, but I'll just start taking little things off of the back side of this thing if I can. Ooh, nope. No, no, I got this. I got this. This is how we illustrate it. Dude, that was a catch, wasn't it? Okay, 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 okay. okay. They were keeping small promises, small <laughs> secrets from each other. And he couldn't see it at first. Like, it was just little things. It was like hiding accounts from one another, it, it was like password protecting their, their Facebook and, and social media accounts. Well, this is the bad one, right? Yeah, I got it, I got it. Oh, good idea. Thank you. Do it fast, right? Ready? Sorry. It was like keeping small secrets from one another. It was like hiding um, like their passwords and all that kind of stuff. And to eventually, it just it just blew up. It was these small secrets over time that they were keeping that ended up causing the whole integrity of the relationship to fall over. So here's just a quick, a quick thought. Take it or leave it. Like my wife, Kristen, she has access to everything that I have. Any accounts. Any social media, which really not on anymore. Any text, email, you know, Life360, whatever. She can see me, find me wherever I am, any part of the day. And some people would look at that and say, well, that's confining. That's, a, that's you, know, you know, getting all up in your, your privacy, right? That's an invasion of privacy. Can I just tell you something? You cannot build trust and privacy at the same time. You just can't do it. And so if I'm gonna build that, everything has to be wide open, an open book. And it's not confining. In fact, you know what that leads to? is freedom. When you don't have anything to hide, there are no secrets, there's no things you have to worry about in the relationship, it is freeing, I promise you. That's what it leads to in your life. And it's discipline over time that builds more and more trust in the relationship. And so when that happens, by the way, if we've built that trust, when things like this go wrong and start to to unravel and start to fall apart. You know what your, your spouse isn't saying? Well, I knew it. I knew they were like that. No, what they look at you is in the best light possible because you realize, hey, we're on the same team. We've tried to build this together. Somebody said this. They said, you are to date with your eyes wide open. All you people dating right now. Date with your eyes wide open, but stay married with your eyes half shut. In the sense of, you know what? That's just, that's just the way he is. You know what, he's forgetful like that. You know what, she's for forgetful like that. Those types of, of things, we've built enough trust in the relationship to where it all doesn't collapse. In fact, Columbia University did a study about lies and secrets, and here's what they concluded. They concluded that there was this thing called the secrecy burden. I don't know why they needed a study to figure this out, but the results were when you start to keep secrets from each other, there is this heavy burden that you start to carry. And it starts to slow you down emotionally. You definitely aren't building this anymore. You're definitely not building higher. You're definitely not thriving. You're building something that that is fractured and can fall apart. It's this secrecy burden. So anytime we start living with secrecy from those that we love, we have to ask why. Why am I keeping that credit card? Secret. Why do I have that secret account? Why am I keeping this, this alcohol abuse a secret? Why am I keeping that prescription med you know, abuse uh, secret from them? There are programs that say, all recovery programs say, you are only as sick as your secrets. It's only as sick as your secrets. And truth and being honest in your life is what begins to build that, that faithfulness in a relationship. And I would say, um, if there are people that, that don't know in your life, you need to find someone who that you can confess to. That this is what I'm going through. This is a secret that I'm keeping. This is where there was a hole in the relationship. This is what was happening in my, my life. You better have somebody in your life. I'm not saying everybody has to know your stuff. I'm not saying you have to confess to everyone and broadcast that out for the world to see. That's what Facebook is for, apparently. Like, but someone needs to know, someone needs to know. So if you're gonna go the distance, you have to uh, avoid the traps. And you have to keep small promises. Are you with me? There was this picture that went viral many years ago about this this old man, uh, this elderly guy who was spoon-feeding his wife ice cream outside of, looks like a Sonic or something like that. And he's just sitting there. The the guy that that took the picture, you know, in secret, he said it was like 90 degrees out. And there was this old gentleman. The wife had a, a bib on. She obviously could not feed herself. And this old guy. You know, he comes around and starts to, to spoon-feed her ice cream just kneeling at the, the car door. And then people started posting like crazy about it and commenting. You know, they would say things like, you know, like, you know, that's what I want or hashtag relationship goals. Or they would, they would put on their, um, you know, they'd tag their husband or their boyfriend in it and say, hey, you better treat me like this. You know, when we get older. And they would, you know, respond back, you know, girl, I got you, boo. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> But there was this one person that that, um, that saw that, and he said, "This." I think he said it best. He said, "This is greatness." And you start to think about uh, this gentleman and and going the distance, and think about how he's caring for others. You just can you imagine the type of uh, trust and faithfulness that they built up over those years. I think, I think faithfulness is pretty great. In fact, I believe that God thinks faithfulness is pretty great. I think it was his idea to begin with. Like God, God is love, we'll say that often times, but you know what, God is also faithfulness. He was faithful to us even when we were faithless. You remember that old hymn, Great Is Our Faithfulness? My mom used to sing it all the time. My mom just sings like, she, she has this op, opera kind of voice and she's got a beautiful voice and and she would sing this and it's one of the songs I just remember her singing. Great is that faithfulness. Even in her own life, by the way, when things start to unravel, she still knew that God was faithful through it all. Great is our faithfulness. I think if you and I are going to build a relationship that goes the distance, that lasts and stands the test of times. We have to build it on a, a firm foundation. What does the Bible say? Jesus says, don't build your house on the sand. Like the, the, the storms are gonna come. We know that, you know that. In relationships, the winds are gonna blow, the seeds are going to rage, but the person who builds their house on the sand is just gonna fall apart. But the one who builds on the rock That's one that lasts. That's one that lasts. Um, I'd like us to do this. If you guys would stand wherever you are. I want us to just take a moment and worship. And singing about the faithfulness of God in our life. And I just ask the band to do this, this old school hymn. I just think it's so... Uh, meaningful for us in this moment, meaningful no matter where you are in your life and in your relationships right now. If you feel like things are falling apart and unraveling, that God is faithful. That God will never leave you or forsake you. So even if you're in a season of brokenness or whatever it is, and I was I was talking with a couple this week just about, um, there was some, uh, there were some issues with the bottom. And things have been brought out. And in fact, it, it was more like this. Sorry. This is where they were. Check. This is where they are. This where they were. I know a lot of times when this happens in a relationship and, and trust is broken, like we want that thing to be fixed so bad, so quickly. Do we not? We often want something that was that took years to break. We want to be fixed in a day. And a lot of times because shame and guilt and all these things come into play in that season. But I was thinking about this and thinking how. Like, I think Jenga didn't do this, but um, when we build our life on a firm foundation, which is there are three blocks, father, son, come on, somebody. When we do that, and here's where they are, and here is where some of you might be today. I'm going to guard my heart. One block. I'm going to show up when I say I'm going to show up. Another block. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to eliminate some of these things in my life that are traps. I'm going to get rid of social media. I'm going to get rid of. It is small acts of faithfulness over time that begin to rebuild and restore. And here's how long do you think this is going to take? A long time. Nothing good in life happens quickly. This is going to take a while to rebuild, but it's been faithful over and over and over again. So some of you that think this thing's going to happen just like that is not is not it's going to take a while to rebuild that trust and that faithfulness but it's worth it and here's the thing when you are fully centered on christ even when all this is gone that's where your identity is that's where your worth is that's where your value is it's in christ alone so god we come before you today and just ask that your spirit would begin to to strengthen and work a healing and maybe even a miracle in some relationships that are in this room or watching online. God, we know that you can do it. You have been faithful in the past. You'll be faithful in the future. Great is your faithfulness. And so God, we put our hope in you. We put our, our, our trust in you and in you alone. And while we're praying with every head bowed, every eye closed, the Bible does say that while we were faithless, God was faithful and he was faithful and that he sent his one and only son to restore and rebuild something that was broken. And what was broken and severed was our relationship with God in heaven because sin entered the world and we all know it. Every single one of us knows it, that we have this, this, this earthly, fleshly, Nature that causes us to go against the things of God and God's will. And so he knew that. And there was nothing we could do to repair what was broken. And so he sent his son Jesus to do it for us. And he sent him by by dying on the cross, taking all of our punishment onto him that was, you know, ours ultimately. And said, I'm going to take it on me so that I can make you right with God in heaven. And the Bible tells us when we believe that happens, we we confess Jesus is Lord of our life because of what he did for us. And we believe he was raised from the dead that we would be be saved. We would at least have a firm foundation to start building on top of. For some of you, that's why you're here because you need that foundation, a solid foundation. On Christ's solid rock, you stand. There's nothing else to build on. And so I'm gonna invite you to to say a prayer that starts a relationship with God. Same prayer somebody invited me to pray a long, long time ago. And what was not important was the exact words. What was important was that I believed it in my heart that Jesus did what he said he would do, that he saved me. And so I'm gonna invite you to pray that right now with every head bowed, every eye closed. In fact, I'm gonna invite us all to pray together This will kind of help give courage to those around you who today are maybe praying that for the first time that want to start a relationship with God. You can say something like this. Jesus, today, I build my life on you. I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for being faithful and dying for me. And so I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.